it's time for The Bright Side, a coaching radio show for change makers, the organizations, and positive leaders creating positive change in the world while simultaneously caring for your people. The Bright Side is sponsored by P-Link Leadership, where we believe in a world where positive leadership is the norm and individuals and the organizations that you power are a force for positive change. And now I'm your host, Alexis Robin, COO and co-founder of P-Link Leadership, here to bring you 10 minutes of insight, theory, and actionable tips to support you on your journey to becoming the best version of yourself. Hello, it's Alexis Robin, and today we are talking about how to improve your ability to influence people or how to get what you want when you're working. So influencing is associated with strengths that come from natural talents, and they're developed over time, according to Gallup Strength Finders. It comes in many forms. It can look like command. It can look like activation or winning others over, otherwise known as woo, significance, competition, and communication. But it's generally about bringing a message to a larger larger audience and then ideally inspiring them into action. So it's important when you're a leader to be able to influence people, especially when you're leading change in an organization. And If you don't have it, if you weren't born with influencing strengths, then there's a way to develop the strength and become better at it. Now, according to Gallup Strength Finders, um, it's always going to be easier for somebody to develop a strength who has that natural talent already. But it's important and it's an important skill to have in the workplace as we are moving through times where change is necessary to be able to bring people along. So not having it can be detrimental. So therefore practicing it is an important piece of being able to become a more effective leader. So um, the answer to becoming a better influencer is something called positive framing. Now, Positive framing is the way in which we communicate, and the way we communicate can either inspire or frighten. It can motivate or cause someone to dig their heels in, and the best way I've seen is through the simple change in the way we deliver a message or speak to people called positive framing. So this is the best way that I've seen people be able to influence others. Now, positive framing is simply about asking for what you want versus what you don't want. It's about painting a picture of where you want to go versus what you're trying to avoid. So think about um, it's opportunities instead of problems. And it feels a lot more inspiring to follow or go after an opportunity than it does to solve a problem or try to fix something that's broken. So in fact, just the fact that when you're framing something positively and you're painting the picture of where you want to go, it's visionary, makes it more inspiring and makes people more likely to follow it. So think about it. If somebody says, let's go there, let's, you know, let's reach this vision. That feels so much better than let's stay out of here. We don't want to end up like that company or we don't want to end up like those people. So why do we talk this way? Why don't why doesn't everybody just use positive framing as a natural way of communicating? Well, the answer to that is because of something called the negativity bias. And you can go into depth about the negativity bias through a great book called The Buddha's Brain by Rick Hansen. And he talks all about why and how our brains are hardwired for um, to be like Velcro for negativity and Teflon for positivity. And 
part of that is, um, in a nutshell, is really just this idea of survival. Our brains were hardwired for survival, so we look and we scan for any danger that may exist. Well, when you're looking for danger, you're often looking for problems, you're looking for what could go wrong, what you want to avoid in order to stay safe and to stay um, alive at, at very least, so stay in existence. So that's why when you think about oftentimes what you want, it's very easy to come up a list of, with a list of what you don't want. So, so oftentimes I used to work with people on um, identifying traits of their ideal partners in life. And people would always come up with this huge list of everything they didn't want. I don't want someone who's stingy. I don't want somebody who doesn't exercise. I don't want somebody who's financially irresponsible. Um, it's very easy for them to come up with what they didn't want. Same thing when you think about disciplining a direct report or somebody who works for you. Um, when we go to talk to them, we're often talking to them about what we don't want. Same thing with children. If you have children in the home or you had young children at some point in your home, you, um, you know how easy it is to slip into telling your child, don't run in the house or don't climb on that tree. Um, don't eat cookies before dinner. We don't often talk about what we want them to do. We talk about what we don't want them to do. And the challenge with that is it gives no, it gives no direction. It just tells them what not to do, but it doesn't tell them what to do in its place. So how can we overcome this natural tendency towards the negativity bias and towards negative framing? And again, negative framing is just how we frame up our words, our language into what we don't want versus positive framing, which is where we frame up our words into what we do want. So here's a couple ways that you can practice um, overcoming this. The first one is to write down problems. You know, write down any problems you're having right now. Okay, our computer systems don't uh, integrate together. So we don't want to add any more computer systems that potentially won't integrate in the future or might hang us up in the future. Okay, that's a problem. But there's also a hidden opportunity trying to show itself. And if you think about that problem, you say, what's the hidden opportunity in systems that don't integrate? Well, the opportunity is we'd like to create a IT system that's fully integrative and nimble so it can adapt as we grow. Okay, now we know what we're trying to do versus what we don't want. And when we are brainstorming, how do we get answering that question? How do we create a system that can be fully integrated and adaptable as we grow as an organization is very different than having the conversation about, well, how, don't, how do we make sure we don't mess this up and buy the wrong software, right? One triggers fear, the other one inspires motivation and curiosity. So, um, so write down your challenges, your problems, and then ask yourself, what is the frustrated opportunity trying to show itself with this problem? The second thing that you can do is to write down what you're, what you don't like about a coworker, a peer, a direct report about how they're behaving. Perhaps you're having a hard time. You think of somebody you work with and you're like, mm, yeah, I really don't like working with that person, or I'm, I'm having a hard time working with this other team that we have to collaborate with. Um, and write down, just jot down, what are all the issues? 
you know, and you come up with things like they're rigid, they work too slowly, they aren't curious, they want to do things the way they've always done them. You just write all that down and then ask yourself, well, what would I like them to do instead? How would I like them to behave instead? And um, you can think about what it is you actually want because giving them feedback that, um, you know, doing things the same old way is not helpful isn't helpful to them. So you want to be able to say, okay, what I'd like you, you know, what would be really helpful in this situation is for you to be thinking about uh, new ways that we could do this that might work better versus old ways that we've always done it. So, um, so being able to paint that picture and it's, the key is not fighting the negativity bias. It's recognizing that it exists and just going with it. So if something comes up and you realize this is what I don't want, okay, well, what do I want instead? How do I want that person to behave instead? How do I wish they were talking to me instead? When you're able to do that, you're able to give people and teams a positive path forward and positive instruction about what you'd like to see. So it's not about what they're doing wrong, which often can cause negative reactions such as defensiveness or demotivation, uh, in the worst cases, poor self-esteem that has them kind of swirl into, you know, non-productivity or that can get in the way of moving in the right direction. So notice how you're framing things. Just start paying attention to how you're framing things and ask yourself, if this is what I don't want, if you find yourself framing it negatively or saying, I don't want this, or we want to avoid that, then ask yourself, if this is what I don't want, what do I want? And this works really well as well for uh, customers who are complaining. If somebody says, you know, I hate these shoes, they're too tight on my feet. Okay, um, how would you like them to feel on your feet? Then that gets them focused on what they want versus what they don't want. It works as well if you have a colleague uh, that frames things negatively. Oh, well, we need to make sure we don't lose these clients. Okay, well, if we don't want to lose these clients, what do we want to do with these clients? Well, we want to retain our clients. Okay, well, what, do, what decisions and choices do we need to make to retain our clients? Very different to have a conversation about retaining clients versus losing clients. One of them is in a scarcity mindset. The other is in a curious vision focused mindset. So remember, last thing I want you guys to take away from this uh, podcast today is that there's a difference between facilitating action and manipulation. And the difference is your intention. So as you're influencing, you can influence for good or for evil, if you will. And if you're using influence with malevolent intention or with a negative intention, then it becomes manipulation. And the thing about manipulation is it's not likely to produce sustainable influence. People may follow you in the short term because they're afraid or because um, they, they don't know better, but uh, it doesn't work over the long term because you have to keep that manipulation up and it won't feel good to people. So use the positive framing. It feels good. People like to follow and, and go after a vision versus trying to avoid something or be in a protective mode. Um, and that will help you increase your influence many fold. So uh, this has been Alexis Robin with The Bright Side. We are sponsored by P-Link Leadership and we invite you to come check out the P-Link Leadership website. There's a library that has a bunch of free resources, articles, and all of our broad, uh, Bright Side podcasts for you that you can listen to right from there. Thanks so much. Have a great week, everybody.